I needed more than myself. I needed him. And, and I was right. I mean, my life to the present day is just a giant, wonderful, happy, difficult, infuriating battle. I mean, the, the warfare, the spiritual warfare over my life to this day is crazy. And it's just because I'm a Christian and I dared to live because Jesus helped me live when I was supposed to die. And that's just an affront to the devil. Gianna Jessen was intended to die before she was born. Just another one of 1.2 million abortions each year in the U.S. Instead of death, though, Gianna was bathed in a burning saline solution, but she overcame to enter our world. Two months premature, weighing just two and a half pounds, she spent her first couple of months in a hospital. Eventually, she entered the foster care system. Gianna Jessen, welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What a story. That is your birth announcement, basically, how you came into the world. Yes, but one thing I think before we continue, I always think about people who are driving down the road or in their houses and they're just cleaning their house or whatever, and all of a sudden they hear something so shocking and it takes them back to 10 or 20 or 25 years ago when they had their abortion or abortion and they're beside themselves with grief. And I just want to speak to that person and to those people and just say, listen, you know, the next few minutes are not about shame and condemnation because I really believe that that Jesus can set you free from that abortion if you'll give it to Him and ask Him to heal you, to forgive you, and to set you free. So I just want people to hear that first. I appreciate that, Gianna, because you have a, a sensitive, caring heart for people, and that's why you do what you do. That's what motivates you to do what you do. I think as our story unfolds today, our listeners are going to understand that. Just after so many years of doing this, I've seen just, uh, can you imagine, you're just you're just driving down the road or you're just, what, wherever you are listening to this, and you've just managed to, to, to shove that abortion down for 25 years, and all of a sudden you're listening to a woman who lived through one, and you have nowhere to go. So his name is Jesus, and so we start there. <laughs> but yeah, I didn't die, which I'm really happy about. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. We are. You're actually coming to Memphis this Sunday, January 21st, for the 42nd annual Stand for Life rally, sponsored by the Shelby County Chapter of the Tennessee Right to Life, and the event will be at the Madonna Learning Center in Germantown at 1.30 p.m. We'll give details throughout our time together, but that's where we're having this opportunity to visit with you. Now, we're recording the show. We just had kind of a, I hate to say snowstorm, because it's only like two inches, but it closed all the schools, and people are, I mean, my Chick-fil-A, Gianna, I always stop in the morning to get my breakfast, my eggs, and my coffee. They were closed. They were closed. So, no way! Yeah, Chick-fil-A was closed this morning, so it must have been bad. What's the weather like there? It's uh, very, uh, very cold, very snowy. Very snowy. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't have a car that's in a garage, so you had to scrape the snow off your car? Um, no, no. I have managed to not drive today. <laughs> Probably a smart thing. Probably a smart thing. But, you know, we had to have the essential employees in the office today, so that's why I'm here. Uh, I don't know if I'm really well, essential or not, but... Uh, <laughs> you're, you're the true true soldier. Wow. <laughs> Gianna, at what age did you discover that your birth mom didn't want a child? Now, looking back, you know the story, but how old were you when you discovered that? I was 12 on Christmas Day because my life has never been normal. <laughs> and uh, 
I, I asked my adoptive mother, because I'm adopted, you know, why do I walk this way? Because I have cerebral palsy. And I was always asking her that. And she was always answering one of two things, because you're a premature baby or because you had a traumatic birth. This day, though, I, I really wasn't satisfied. I never was satisfied with that answer, and I can't tell you why. It must have just been the prompting of the Lord. Uh, and that day, she said, do you really want to know? And I said, yeah. And she went on to tell me, and I, and I, I mean, I gave a 12-year-old response. I just said, well, at least I have cerebral palsy for an interesting reason. And then I went and called my best friend and told her this shattering news, and we're like, oh, wow, cool, okay. But that's when I found out, and that's how it happened. What were the circumstances surrounding your birth mom's life before she entered that abortion clinic? And when you opened up and were talking about those who maybe have buried the thought of their abortion many years ago, and then this program might cause them to relive that moment, there were obviously some very specific circumstances in people's lives that takes them to make that decision. Do you know any details where your mom was? I don't know where my biological mother was. Well, not, not geographically location, but I'm just talking I about... Know. I don't know. I don't know what her emotional circumstances Oh, okay. Were. I just know that she went to a Planned Parenthood, and they said, you're too young to have a baby. You need to go have a late-term saline abortion. And abortion proponents often say, that's crazy. Abortions don't happen that late. You can actually have an abortion somewhere in America all nine months of pregnancy, and the bigger the baby, the more money they ask for an abortion. So what I always ask modern-day feminists is, if abortion is merely about women's rights, then what were mine? And why is it a a billion-dollar business if it's about women? Gianna, I have medical information that was, I guess, written out when you were born. April the 6th, 1977, 6 a.m., 29-and-a-half-week gestation. It says here that born during saline abortion transferred to, and of course that's blinked out because of obvious reasons being on the social media, upon birth where she remained until discharged, and it gives that information there. It's amazing for me to see myself. Born during saline abortion, 6 a.m., two and a half pounds, 29 and a half weeks. It's just a miracle of God, and I always say to the great vexation of many, I'm alive because of the sheer power of Jesus Christ. I'm alive to be his ambassador, and to uh, try to rescue children from from death. While I don't yet have my own children, it is a great honor to be involved in a work where I get to try to save the lives of other people's children. I was thinking recently about about this generationally. So many times when you work in the pro-life movement for many years, it can become, I don't know what the right word is, but just like anything else, oh, yeah, this is what I do, you know, okay, day in and day out, and yay, a baby was saved, and we're really happy about that, but then we keep moving on. But if you think about it, one life, how many lives usually come from one life? Even if it was just one life saved, that's enough. But all the life that comes from one person, you're talking about generations saved or lost by that if that makes sense. Explain more, would you? So, for example, the woman 700 years from now is really happy that you cared about saving life and the life of that one baby because she wouldn't be alive if it were not for your effort to save that baby today. Or the five-year-old kid 400 years from now in the fishing boat with his dad who wouldn't be there 
if you weren't diligently working to have rescued that baby last week that you did. I mean, isn't that an amazing thought? You know, it really is, and especially as a grandfather myself, I have two. Matter of fact, my second granddaughter was born on New Year's Eve. Thank you so much. Gianna, to hold this precious little newborn baby in my arms, there's like magic that happens, you know? And that's like uh, grandparent privilege, I guess, you know? I always wondered what that's like. Oh, my goodness. It's incredible. I was thinking about so many grandparents that might not get that, or potential grandparents who don't get that opportunity, maybe because... Someone made the decision for an abortion. Yes, and they had no way of stopping it. So evidently, you have never confronted your birth mom. You've had no meeting with her. You, you don't know where no, she's at. Actually, she came to an event I was having unannounced and said, Hi, I'm your mother. It's my habit to greet each person after each event, and that was the circumstance. And now, those of you that aren't Christians that are listening to this will think, Oh, yeah, that, that's really you know, wax, but I believe that the Lord uh, speaks to us, and so I was on an airplane two weeks prior to this occasion of meeting her, and I heard this voice in my heart say, what would you do if your biological mother came to an event, and what would you say? And we, <laughs> I kept answering the questions back and forth, okay, this is what I would do, well, what would you do if this happened, and I kept answering, it. so I should have had a clue that this was about to occur, but God is a great father in that he doesn't always tell us, but he will prepare us. So I show up, and I'm speaking all day long, and then she came up and said, hi, I'm your mother. And I just, oh my gosh, we'll never forget that moment, because I just stood there, and I said in my heart, Jesus, 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 help me, Jesus. And because I felt like the entire universe was just crushing me, they'd be awake of it all. And I just looked at her and I said, ma'am, I'm a Christian and I forgive you. And she said, I don't want your forgiveness. And I said, ma'am, I'm a Christian and I forgive you. I don't want your forgiveness. Your father is this and you are that and, and just shame and rage and everything just pouring out. And then I just knew what to do. I looked at her and I said, Ma'am, I'm a Christian, and I forgive you, but I will no longer allow you to speak to me in this manner. And I got up, and I walked out, and then I cried for three hours. But the reason I tell that story is, number one, you asked the question, but number two, we don't need to be defined by where we come from. She could have said, I'm the devil himself, and it doesn't matter, because I'm not defined by generational lines or or generational mistakes or anything because I'm in Jesus and I'm kept by him. And that was part of her rage, I believe, as well, is just that I was so much my own person and not not really like her. I can't help but think, Gianna, listeners saying, my goodness, I mean, the betrayal, the cruelty that this woman caused you, how could you ever even think about forgiving her? Well, I mean, bitterness is a really easy way to die while you're alive. And it's just not worth giving your life away in unforgiveness. And people ask me, well, how can you forgive her? And I always say, you know, I think it's easier to forgive someone like that whom you're kind of really disconnected to than it is people that just drive you insane on a daily basis at the office or (laughs) or your spouse or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Sure. 
forgiving the, the food noises at the breakfast table. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gianna, when did you come to understand that although you had been forsaken and cruelly treated at birth, that you had a heavenly father that carried your sin and pain by forsaking his son, Jesus, on that cross? Uh, I was four years old, I believe, when I came to Christ. And when they told me about Jesus, when my family told me about Jesus, I thought, he's it. He's the one I need. He's the one, because I think I sensed already that I was in trouble, that my life was just not going to be an easy one. And I needed more than myself. I needed him. And, and I was right. I mean, my life to the present day is just a giant, wonderful, happy, difficult, infuriating battle. I mean, the, the warfare, the spiritual warfare over my life to this day is crazy. And it's just because I'm a Christian and I dared to live because Jesus helped me live when I was supposed to die. And that's just an affront to the devil. When you said four years old, I was thinking of something Jesus said, suffer the little children. I mean, your heart at four years old was receptive to him. Oh, and I've, I've known him. I know Jesus. And part of it is that I'm disabled, for now anyway. And when that's the case, when you don't have the energy that the whole world seems to have and run on and, and value so much, you spend a lot of time thinking and, and being with Jesus. And, I mean, I'm not like, you know, Andrew Murray or Mother Teresa, but I'm just saying I speak to Jesus like this all throughout the day. You know, Lord, what about this? And please help me with that. What do you think? And... He just is my best friend. And when you do this work, you're betrayed a lot. And so even those heart-wrenching things that happen that are inevitable in a work like this, you really get to know who he is and that he, he will recompense you. I always love to tell people that. It doesn't matter. I mean, God does not forget every single loss. He will recompense you. And not just in heaven. I'm not one of these Christians that's like, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Now we're just going to wait for heaven. No, I'm about living the impossible on this earth because just my salvation doesn't do it for me. I got to know Jesus. I got to see him doing radical things and joining him in that work. Doctors predicted you would never lift your head, but you proved them wrong. How many marathons have you run and entered so far? <laughs> I, I don't think I'll be doing that anymore, but I did do two. I completed two by running on my toes for seven and eight hours. Obviously, I'm not an athlete. That wasn't the point. The point was to uh, to run the race marked out for me and learn a lot about myself in the process. One of the health issues you face since being aborted, you've already mentioned that you have cerebral palsy. How does this affect your life each day? Is there different levels that some people might have more yes. issues to deal with? Yes. Thankfully, it's not a disease. It's a brain injury. But the, oh, the ranges of CP. I mean, you can speak to someone with CP who cannot speak, who cannot move, who's in a wheelchair. I'm very high functioning. I drive. I walk around. I obviously can speak. I also sing as well. A lot of people don't know. But I, I am very mobile. The difficulty lately, I have had increased equilibrium issues. And that can be extraordinarily difficult 
uh, if you've got balance, praise the Lord, because when you don't have it, it affects everything in your life. And yet, I can see how when people don't want to hear anything about Jesus, you can absolutely melt their heart by asking them for their arms to help you into the store. And they want to know why you have a smile on your face. And they'll listen to anything you have to say. So the Lord is really clever. Provides those opportunities. Mm-hmm. Now, you became a ward of the state and were placed into foster care, as you mentioned. How many foster homes did you live in, and what was that experience like for you? I mean, I've heard horror stories for some who have lived in foster care. Uh, the first one, I am told that they were a bunch of morons. And they put me in a room and shut the door for long periods of time because they didn't like me. Are you noticing a theme here? (laughs) Yeah. I've just survived an abortion, and now I'm in this house that they don't like me. So I was taken out of that house for obvious reasons and then placed in the most beautiful home of a woman by the name of Penny. So by this time, I was 17 months old, 32 pounds of dead weight, unable to move and diagnosed with cerebral palsy caused by a direct lack of oxygen to my brain while surviving an abortion. So she took me in, and they said, Gianna will never move, she'll never be anything, she'll never yada, yada, yada. And she prayed, and she did my physical therapy three times a day, and I was walking with a walker and leg braces by three and a half, and I have neither of those now. So nobody can tell you what your destiny is. And then I was adopted at three and a half by Penny's daughter, which made my foster mother Penny My grandmother, who died four years ago, having cared for 56 foster children as a single woman. So Penny would be that one person that during those years that really believed in you, they cared for you, and you maintained a special relationship with for all those years. We had a bond that was absolutely unbreakable. Yep. And you say 56 foster children in her home? Sure did. My. (laughs) Yep. A single mom. Yep. She wasn't sitting around sniveling about everything the way so many modern women are now. (laughs) I don't like this, and I don't like that going on. I think, my goodness, people, we are creating a nation of victims. This does not lead to liberty. I like that word there. You can preach that one. We do have a a society that's victimized in everything. Yeah. Uh, How well do you feel the church, Gianna, is responding to the issue of life and abortion today? I think the Catholics are awesome and have no problem standing up for life. I think the evangelical side sucks. And I know that's very blunt. And maybe you don't say that on your radio station, but here's the thing. The reason I say it like that is because you have to practically beg evangelical pastors to mention abortion in their pulpit, and they will be held accountable for that. You can't hardly get anything in an evangelical pamphlet in the uh, bulletin on a Sunday morning. It is almost impossible, and we will be held to account. That's an indictment for sure. What can we better do to reach the women like your birth mom, believing that abortion is the answer to their situation? Uh, go to their local crisis pregnancy center or pregnancy resource center. There's one in basically nearby <laughs> everywhere. Just punch in Pregnancy Resource Center in your town, and you will find help. All of their services are free and confidential. I believe that telling the truth but also being really kind and awesome about it 
is is very valuable. Um, this is a very tender topic, and I think you know if we if we get if we become bitter and hardened in the way that we present truth, that's really going to defeat us. And I think that if we can reach out with so much truth, but combined with so much kindness, I think that is a very effective way of overcoming evil with good. Gianna, let's remind our listeners that you're coming to Memphis this Sunday, January 21st. It's the 42nd annual Stand for Life rally, sponsored by the Shelby County Chapter of the Tennessee Right to Life. The event will be at the Madonna Learning Center in Germantown at 1.30 p.m. Well, I'm really looking forward to it, and I think we're going to have a great time. How much do you travel and speak each year? A lot. All the time. <laughs> a... All the time, except for uh, summertime. I'm traveling all the time. Gianna, is there ever a time when it's okay for a woman to have an abortion? Well, is there ever a time that it's okay to murder someone? I mean, because that's really the question. Uh, and I don't believe that there is. I believe that no matter no matter the heart-wrenching circumstances of the conception or the, the risks involved, all life within that situation is valuable, and we ought to treat it as such. I, I noticed that abortion proponents like to use those cases, the rare cases, to tell people, but yeah, what about this situation? You know, what about the life of the mother and all this and that? And do you know that that's like 1% of all abortions that are performed, 1% to 3% of all abortions that are performed, all the rest are performed for convenience. So let's talk about the the 97% that are performed for convenience. I still don't believe that it's ever right to take life, but uh, you get my point. It's a great manipulation tactic. Do you know of any current legislation that you favor and would encourage listeners to contact their senators to endorse that could help change the way we allow abortion in this country? I believe, again, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, or named something similar to that, is up again for a vote, basically stating that we need to protect and not uh, strangle or leave the baby to die or uh, end the life of the baby that has survived the abortion, which we have we have done. So I think it's appalling that we even need legislation like that, but I believe that's up here pretty pretty soon. So if the listeners could seek that out and contact Washington, I think that would be fantastic. And I am so proud of President Trump, number one, of how he can take what he takes every day. And number two, he is the most pro-life president I think I've ever seen in my life. I have never seen a president stand for the unborn like this guy does. And for a guy that's the devil, that's pretty amazing. I believe that former President George W. Bush, you had a chance to meet, I think he was quoted by saying that he would not let you down. Yes, and that and that was incredible. And I will always value that, and I'm amazed by that. But I'm just making the point that Trump has gone way beyond any other president I've ever seen in his fight for the unborn, which I think is beautiful. Gianna, you mentioned that you take the summers off. Do you have a place you like to relax? How do you replenish? How do you like to have fun? you got to have some laughter. Some... You're involved with such an intense, an emotional, uh, very difficult thing to deal with. People's lives that I'm sure you're ministering to, and you got to have a place to pull away sometimes. What do you like to do? I love to come home. <laughs> 
and I love to just hang out with friends and uh, or be on my own and think and you know I mean just laugh and do what everybody else does. I love to uh, I love to actually decorate houses. Do you? So, at least my own, and so I, I, I've been thinking about starting that as a business as well. Not that I don't have enough to do in my life, but I just I just love creating homes, and um, I sing as well, and I, I just have a lot of different things I love about life, and so I do those things. And you spend time in the studio? Have you got some CDs? I need to make some more. Um, you can find a few things on iTunes, uh, but I need to really put my thinking cap on and and get back into that and you know how sometimes with life you uh you get involved in all these other things and and you let a lot of your dreams go uh and i've been thinking about that i'm like why i can i can i can do more than one thing and so we'll see we'll see how i work that out all right gianna thank you so much before we say goodbye how can listeners follow you on social media? You have a website, too, I believe. Yeah, all uh, my speaking engagements are booked exclusively through my website, which is my name, Gianna Jessen, J-E-S-S-E-N.com, and not through Speakers Bureaus. And I'm on Facebook. You can follow me there. It's the one that says official page. <laughs> and, of course, the sewer that is Twitter. <laughs> okay. Now, are there any other resources, materials that you promote or make available through your website? Have you written a book? Uh, not yet. I will, though, at the right time. So just stay tuned to the website, then. Sure. <laughs> well, let's remind all of our listeners that you're coming to Memphis this Sunday, January 21st, for the 42nd Annual Stand for Life Rally, sponsored by the Shelby County Chapter of the Tennessee Right to Life. The event will be at the Madonna Learning Center in Germantown at 1.30 p.m. You're encouraged to bring your family. Please attend. Get a chance to meet Gianna. Thank you so much for what you do for Christ's kingdom. Thank you for being our guest today, Gianna. Thank you so much for having me. Friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.